Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 212 of the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, Ryan Coop here alongside Trey Colbeck tonight for Can You Believe It? Our 2023 Week 1 CFL preview. It's Wednesday night. CFL season kicks off on Thursday. The offseason is over. The regular season is here. Trey, can you believe we're here at this point? No, man, it's been so long and I don't know. It's been, it's weird. I keep getting Facebook memories of uh, last year and it being my first year on the show. So it's weird, weird feeling. It feels like it's been summer for a long time though, with how this heat's been in Winnipeg, but it's good to get onto the football field, man. Yeah. I mean, it's been what, 30 degrees ish every day lately here in Winnipeg. Uh, I know we were both at the uh, preseason game for the Bombers and Riders uh, Friday night. Boy, was that a hot one. for that one um yeah tonight uh we're gonna preview week one in the cfl we'll take a look at major matchup storylines fantasy players to watch and our betting picks for each of the games this week uh and we'll do that basically every week throughout the season we're also live on a variety of different platforms over on our youtube facebook twitter and twitch pages thanks to our presenting sponsor game time tv uh learn more by visiting gametimetv.ca and we'll also take your comments and questions in the live YouTube chat throughout the night as well. So make sure you send those in uh, for anybody who's joining us live here tonight. Uh, before we go any further, we always want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oja Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree. Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. While we're here with our regular season content, getting that underway, one show a week this year, Wednesday nights, mostly focused on previewing the upcoming week in the CFL. Uh, But if that's not enough, if you're clamoring for additional content, make sure you check out the Canadian Football Countdown Discord community. There is a link in the episode description for if you'd like to join for free. Uh, We've got additional content and fun stuff going over there on the Discord. Uh, Brand new weekly bonus episode uh, that I just started this week called Tuesday Traffic Thoughts with Ryan. I've got a long commute to work every Tuesday, so I take you you through uh, basically whatever thoughts come to my head on the past week in the CFL. I think Adam's got something coming similar out in the near future as well uh, while he's out in his tractor all day long. I know, Trey, you've been talking uh, a little bit about maybe doing some extra betting content for anybody interested in that, right? Yeah, I've been trying to find it. There's not there's not tons of great CFL betting content, but uh, trying to find it. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can uh, – tra- we'll be, maybe we'll become the trailblazers in that category. Right. But I guess we need the official hey. odds, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's not that hard to become a bookie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it all throughout the night making bets. I'll give odds, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a cre- incredible uh, takeout rate. That's all. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> yeah, you, you drive a stiff bargain. Uh, yeah, so lots of extra content coming there in the Discord community. Uh, there as well. So make sure you check that out. Uh, lots to come there. Also. Um, I did just get word in a message from Adam, who says he's going to be here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Thank God. 
Yeah, I did not want to do game preview. <laughs> I was uh, I was so prepped for just uh, the gambling part. So let's go, Adam. Let's go. So Adam will be here in a couple of minutes, hopefully. Uh, you had some issues out in the field tonight, so uh, he'll he'll arrive when he can. Uh, before we get into the individual game previews, um, so I guess slight change in format from what we did for a preview show last season for you know returning viewers. Last year we did game storylines, then the full fantasy segment, then the full betting segment. Uh, it ended up being a lot of repetitiveness because we moved up from one game to another, then went back to the same game. So we're going to combine it all and focus one game at a time on storylines, fantasy, and betting before we move on. Uh, and while we're waiting for Adam to arrive, uh, you know, one quick major CFL topic, I guess, to discuss that kind of impacts our previews and the fantasy and the betting and all of that is these insane CFL roster rules that we have in place this year with nationalized Americans, uh, and, you know, filling in for Canadians for a certain number of snaps. Um, you know, Dave Naylor tweeted out the list of kind of clarifications for this, and it's very confusing. Uh, basically, before each game, each team will identify, and I'm reading word for word here, on the depth chart, one player on each side of the ball is their designated nationalized American, which is a veteran American with at least CF five CFL seasons or three with the same team. They also must identify on the depth chart a designated national starter and backups. Uh, basically, who now I'm paraphrasing the designated nationalized American can replace uh, on the field and I guess count as that national, uh, so to say. Uh, even if they don't play the same position, but as long as they're on the same side of the ball. Uh, but they cannot be starters. They can enter the game after the first play, either to replace an American or replace uh, other designated national starters out on the field. And they're able to replace the designated national starter for up to 23 plays per game, which apparently the CFL is going to have spotters tracking uh, throughout the game here. If you're lost, you're not the only one. We don't really understand this either. And if you saw the depth charts that came out today uh, for the Calgary and BC game, it's even more confusing. There's a lot of extra terminology, little notes on there that doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, when you first look at it. And the, you know, things that are going to throw so many people off these seasons. For example, Kadeem Carey listed as a backup at running back for the Stampeders. Uh, Dominic Rhymes listed as a backup at wide receiver for BC. These are two of the top players in the league. Is he? Because right now Rhymes is listed as the starter at the depth third. I just pulled up. Oh, did they update it? Maybe they updated it. Because he doesn't even have the brackets around him anymore. Okay, so maybe so maybe BC's gone and updated it. Maybe the CFL asked for further clarification. Uh, yeah, because on... they only have one on defense now. They don't even have an offensive one. Well, that doesn't seem correct. Oh, I just pulled this up, so unless something's wrong, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, that is very, very weird. Uh, so it's all in all, it's super confusing. Like yeah. these are if these are top players in the CFL that are listed as a backup on the depth chart, and people who don't understand these rules, which is ninety nine percent of people might get confused and think, oh, yeah, let me start Peyton Logan in fantasy. Or, oh, Kadeem Carey's not starting. Okay, maybe I'm not going to take the Stampeders as heavily in betting. 
when realistically he's the backup for the first play of the game and then he's in for the majority of snaps afterwards. 23 of those will count as a Canadian. The rest of them he'll count as an American. But why do we have to make this so convoluted, Trey? Like, do you follow what's going on here? Because I don't really, to be honest. Not a clue. You know, and I don't know what we did. Like, the simple ratio rules were fine. You know, seven, seven players. You could split them up any way. You just have to have it that way the whole game, right? That was, that's what it was. How hard is that? You know, and to me, that should be hard enough to track, like to have a guy who out there says one, two, three, four, five. Oh, they're supposed to have four Canadians on it one time. What are we doing this for? Like, this is not for the fans. Is this strictly like CBA negotiation? Like, is this strictly just to massage the American players a little bit? Is this, this can't be a Canadian benefit, right? So I don't know. But hey, what's more confusing? I'll give you quick. That rule or the new CFL fantasy website? Oh, God. <laughs> the fantasy website is awful as well. Um, they, how do I, I don't want to, as a software developer, I'd want, as a fellow software developer, I want to be careful in what I say here. So I'll hold back some of my words, but uh, because I understand, you know, how, how products are built and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just confusing. You know, the old site wasn't fantastic. The new site I find even more confusing. Uh, the color scheme is interesting. I'll give them that. They're are really... you a, are you a fan of that '90s weird arcade look they're going for? Not at all. Not okay, at all. Okay, neither yeah. am I. Because this is just giving me like Stranger uh, Stranger Things kind of vibes. You know what I mean? Just the weird that kind of era. I, I don't know. This is weird, and I just. For a league who wants to be going into the future, you know, it just seems like every time they seem to do two steps, they go, you know, forward, they'll go 10 steps back in some yeah. other way. It's just unreal. You know, hey, at least CBS Sports seems to be advertising it. But, you know, that's CBS Sports has done a great job of advertising the CFL so far. So excited for that. Yeah. I'll give them credit for the fantasy website. They added head to head matchups now, which is that a is cool. big thing people have been clamoring for. Only thing is it's so basically customizable that it didn't work for any of the leagues we're running. So I'm still running them through my own spreadsheets anyways, but, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Uh, and, and they do have some fun features there as well. So some good things, some bad things with the new designed uh, fantasy site here. And, uh oh, I, uh, I see Adam is here backstage and I think he might have a new hat from what I can see in the small picture. And now I think Adam's just trying to pick a fight here, if I'm seeing this correctly. The great Adam Stewart is here wearing a Hamilton Tiger Cats hat. Husky well, hey, Well, hey, I mean, you know, every time that the Bombers play a team, I seem to get the other team's hat. So, you know, <laughs> have to continue traditions here from the Grey Cups. So. Adam, how are yeah. you doing tonight? Oh, just peachy and yourselves. <laughs> great. What's going on? Oh no! Just had some a uh, little bit of issues with the sprayer. Nothing, nothing too serious. I mean, no environmental hazard happened whatsoever, in any shape or form. And we're all good, and we're uh, ready to go and talk some CFL and have some fun. Uh, I was ready to try to record a uh, bonus episode for everybody, and then all of a sudden there was a big whining sound. And yeah, whining sounds in farming don't go well. So uh, yeah, I might have to re-record a little bit of the uh, bonus episode of. Uh, 
of a thing that might be coming out on our Discord channel pretty soon. But uh, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later on. Yeah, we did tease it a little bit off the top that you had uh, some tractor thoughts coming. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we get those uh, sorted out. And, uh, you know, glad we don't have any environmental hazards and glad we got you here tonight still. We were worried we were going to miss you here, Adam. So uh, Trey and I have already talked a little bit about the convoluted CFL roster rules and trying to make sense of all of that. We talked a little bit about the convoluted CFL fantasy website. So let's get into something that's hopefully a little bit more straightforward here, which is our game previews. Start off with BC Lions at Calgary Stampeders Thursday night, June 8th, 9 p.m. Eastern time is when the game takes off and the CFL season officially kicks off. Uh, Adam, you're you're leading the storylines here. What you got for us on BC Calgary? Yeah, so the first one that I wanted to mention was the uh, – I'm just trying to get into it here. For the BC Lions, uh, there's two early storylines that are starting up here. One, well, obviously, it's the first game of the season for the CFL, so that's huge. Uh, the big one, though, I think, on the BC Lions is if you take a look at their depth chart here, they uh, really have a lack or, or a lack thereof of running backs right now. Antonio, uh, uh, sorry, my brain is just uh, lost right at the moment here. Antonio Williams, uh, previously the Buffalo Bills, was expected to be the BC Lions starter. He will not be the BC Lions starter, at least for six weeks. He went on the six-game injured list. Guess that injury that he received in at halftime, uh, Ryan? He's actually on the practice roster from what I saw. Really? Because I seen six game injured, but maybe I read that wrong. Let me just take a quick look. But uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, nevertheless, uh, Antonio Williams will not start. I believe you're right. He is on the practice uh, in the practice roster. I said that wrong because I was looking at it. I thought, geez, six weeks, man, that's that's terrible for him. But uh, nevertheless, the uh, BC Lions are going to be starting with a running back. Uh, if I can just grab his name to make sure I don't spell this one wrong. Taquan Mizzle, I believe is the guy's name, uh, will be the starting uh, running back for the BC Lions this week. And newly acquired Keenan LaFrance, who was not there for training camp. He was still with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders until he was released in the last round of cuts, uh, will be the backup for the BC Lions. So you got to be expecting a pretty big passing game and a lot of uh, movement from Vernon Adams on the ground, maybe motion or play action or anything, I would think, right, guys? Yeah, I. that's what the most intriguing thing for me with that BC offense is what uh, what load the running back is going to get. Uh, because James Butler's first season, he didn't get a whole lot last season. He got a lot more. Uh, are they doing the same thing again this year? And do they lean on the pass with so many good guys? That's uh, my big question uh, on the Lions offense and on BC in general here is what's the running back going to do? I just want to see VA do something. You know what I mean? That's real quick. My one thought, I want to see VA take control of this team and let's see, you know, it, who, what, what's, what he's going to do after Rourke leaves or has left. Uh, also just touching on it real quickly here. There's a little bit of controversy this week uh, between uh, Keon Hatcher and, uh, well, previous uh, BC Lion, uh, Jonathan Congo, uh, now Hamilton Tiger Cat, Jonathan Congo. Uh, a little bit of a word of uh, who is maybe not a professional. Uh, guys, any thoughts on that before we go on to Calgary? 
Right? I just loved all the people being like, oh, that's a, like a true ex-bomber, you know, has that work mentality. And just shut up, people. No, it's like, it, it's it's probably a little bit of both. You know, a guy comes, we could look at the Winnipeg Jets. Like, was Big Buff's work ethic really that bad? Or was Evander Kane's work ethic really? Well, okay, his is different. But you know what I mean? Compared to his lining's work ethic, really that bad compared to Shifley and Wheeler? You know, they both are, you know, pros in this league and they've both been around like, you know, for things. So same thing in the CFL, maybe his F, his level of standard was a little bit higher than he thought coming in. And the other team has just been comfortable. And hey, you know what? I was shocked by that because the way they, everyone talked about Nathan Rourke, you never heard unprofessional. You never heard underprepared. You never heard anything like that. So my first thought was, is this a lack of his leadership that may be caused to a lighter training cap who knows ryan what do you think about your ex hall of famers team here <laughs> well i'm concerned about bc because you had dominic rhymes supposedly request the trade in the off season because he wasn't getting paid enough and then they had to up his contract to keep him happy you had jordan williams who requested a trade back home to toronto uh and they granted him that for a first round pick and now you have this locker room problem that seemingly, uh, you know, led to either Combo asking to be traded or BC just wanting to rid themselves of the situation and seeing what they could get for him with that fourth round pick back from Hamilton. So, yeah, it's not ideal when you get bring a guy in and then uh, a week later, you know, you have to ship him out because it's messing up the locker room. But kudos to them for doing it. I'm just even more disappointed Sean Lemon was released now because presumably he was released to make cap space for Kongbo. Yeah, I would think so. And um, that's really kind of making me question their defensive line a little bit in BC because, I mean, you had, what, the West Division All-Star from last year, I believe, in defense, and you uh, decided to let him go for a younger guy, which, okay, fair enough. But if you're going to do that you better make sure he's going to fit in your locker room before you sign him in, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, very, very funny moves there by the BC Lions. But, uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens with them going into this one. With the Calgary Stampeders, I think everybody's focusing a lot on Jake Mayer, and now it's the Bo Levi-Mitchell era is now over in Calgary officially. Uh, this will be the first game without Bo Levi-Mitchell on the roster since, well, a very, very long time. Uh but I think on Calgary side of the football, what I'm really looking at is the uh, secondary. You look at that uh, secondary of theirs. Uh, Nick Taylor, I believe, is banged up, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, an eight, nine-year veteran of the CFL was just uh, acquired from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, was a big part of that team. And now, all of a sudden, uh, they have another injury, I believe, as well. If I take a look, uh, that would be uh, Natrell Jamerson. Uh, he's a two-year uh uh, Second-year player, uh, he's also banged up and on the injured list. May not, but it will be a game-time decision as per the depth chart. Uh, is the secondary a big issue here in Calgary, or is it just just a matter of uh, getting everybody kind of together? Last week, I mean, BC did kind of show up the Calgary Stampeders a little bit in the defense of the secondary, but uh, is this is this a concern going forward for Calgary? Uh, I think. I think it could be because we know we we assume BC is going to be pass heavy, right? And so if there are is room to exploit anything, maybe it is the defensive backfield there for Calgary. They've been so good defensively for so many years, but last year early on, we did see them 
kind of be malleable uh, in a sense there and, you know, give up a lot of yardage. They honed it in near the end of the season, but what are they able to do this year? But it's Calgary. They're going to find a diamond in the rough that's going to be an all-star at season end. I keep saying it. Uh, Trey, anything uh, else for you on Calgary there? Ditto what you said. Let's move on. The, the other quick little thing I wanted to bring up was uh, if you're a, uh, and we'll get the, we'll cross this over to the fantasy part of things. Uh, what is with the depth chart? And I think you guys probably have brought this up maybe before, but uh, seriously, Kadeem Carey is not going to start this game. Come on. He won't play the first, like I said earlier. Yeah. So we did talk about this before you arrived. He won't play the first play, uh, but he'll probably play like 90% of offensive snaps after that. So. I would think so. I mean, it's the same thing over on the other side of the uh, football with Dominic Rhymes. I mean, come on, Rhymes ain't really going to play. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Nope. No problem. Uh, I guess then we'll move on to fantasy uh, for this game here. Ryan, who are the guys you're looking at? Yeah. So for each game, I'll kind of give you my top five uh, players or players I've got my eye on in the, in the games as well uh, for fantasy this year. First of all, fantasy is wildly different than years past, so it's going to take some time to figure out pricing and stuff like that. You get a $70,000 cap. Uh, you've got uh, all the prices are different, uh, and you get a guy that you name your captain for two times points, so that makes this intriguing. Uh, but a couple of guys I have my eyes on. Uh, at quarterback, Vernon Adams Jr. for BC. We just talked about them wanting to pass quite a bit. He looked really good in the preseason. And he's mobile. He likes to run, take ball and run uh, here and there, which is what you want from a fantasy quarterback. So uh, I think he's one of the guys I'm considering at quarterback this uh, this week. Uh, at uh, running back also, Taquan Mazel, uh, value play there, in my opinion. You know, 7.2 thousand. Again, it's hard to gauge. Is that really cheap? I think it's one of the cheapest options for a starting running back. So you know, if you're tied up against the cap and like other options, I like him potentially as a take a chance there. Not expecting a whole ton out of him in week one, because again, we don't know what to expect. If he can catch a couple passes, maybe get a touchdown, you know, some decent rushing yardage should be worth the money there. Uh, and then looking at a couple of wide receivers in this game, the one big name one I really like is Malik Henry. Uh, he was a target hog uh, down the stretch of last season. One of Jake Mayer's go-to guys. And I think, you know, Malik Henry and Reggie Bagleton are going to kind of be leaned on, especially early in the season to lead that Calgary receiving corps there. So I really like uh, Malik Henry as an option. Uh, if you want value plays at receiver, uh, Devontre Dukes, or if you look at the off depth chart, Trey Odom's Dukes, uh, he goes by both names, I guess. Only $2,800 in CFL Fantasy this week, and he's a starting receiver for Calgary uh, that uh, did look good here and there in times he played last season and in the preseason. Uh, so I like that as one of my top really cheap value plays for the week. And then Justin McInnes at wide receiver for BC. I thought Keon Hatcher, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't looked at the injury report uh, yet or the latest version. But I think there was talk that Keon Hatcher was injured at times earlier this week in practice. You know, maybe if he's out more of a role for Justin McInnes to come in and get involved in that offense. And he looked good with two touchdowns in preseason. So those are the five guys I'm kind of looking at in this game, uh, fantasy-wise. 
each of you, who's your top fantasy player you're looking at uh, in BC versus Calgary? Uh, whoever's got theirs first. Um, shoot, I just lost my team here. You know what? I actually took the BC defense. Can I take that? I took the BC defense uh, as my thing, as my uh, choice here. I mean, if you want to go with my team, I also have the Blue Bombers third string quarterback starting on my fantasy team this week. So we'll see how that goes. But I think BC, I think Mayor is unproven. So you never know. Could be some interceptions and fumbles. Could be some things like that in this game. So that's where I'm going. My guy that I'm looking at is Alexander Hollins for the uh, BC Lions. I think he's going to get a lot of catches and a lot of looks at. He had a pretty good end of the season last year, and I think he's ready to start taking on a bigger role in the BC Lions. So I don't think he's really that overly expensive. I honestly haven't looked that closely at the prices yet. Uh, But, yeah, Alexander Hollins is one guy that I'll be taking a look at a little bit uh, this week here probably for fantasy. And I just double-checked the depth chart. Keon Hatcher is not on the depth chart this week. So big name, don't pick him in fantasy for this week. Uh, Trey, let's go over to you for the uh, the betting odds. Uh, how are we doing betting here? Yeah, so th- yeah, this year I'm going to ask you guys each. We're going to do the sp- point spread and over-under on each game, and then I'm going to cal- use some calculations here to see who uh, would earn the most over the year. So this game... BC, the road dog, plus three and a half going into Calgary. Do I have that right? Yeah, I do have that right. And interestingly enough, it's not betting, but I opened up the CFL Pick'em site. 63% right now are taking Calgary just to win. I hate taking the road dog early, but I'm going to take BC plus three and a half. I think they're going to keep it close, um, very close here. And the over under 50 and a half, I'm going to go under boys it's going to be under 50 and a half it's going to be a tight like 23 20 kind of game so that's where i'm looking ryan ah disappointed we're still doing not disappointed but i hate that we're still doing these spreads because they mess with me man these uh the, the plus three and a half minus three and a half because i'm taking calgary to win uh they're at home calgary's normally better at home bc's not as good on the road as they are at home uh generally i think bc's also had some distractions in camp uh as we just talked about earlier so i like calgary do i like them by three and a half i think it'll be a close game um you know what let me take bc at plus three and a half actually i i think it'll be a close game come down to a field goal or less as it normally does between these teams but i'll take the over i i think these are two high-powered offenses uh that are going to uh produce in this game nice adam i think i agree with you about the uh over but i really think that the calgary stampeders have a pretty good advantage in an offense right now uh the quarterback i just believe is a little bit stronger in uh passing ability and i believe that uh uh, the one-two punch of Kerry and uh, Logan will get a lot of yards this time. So I'm going to go with the Stampeders, uh, but I will go on the over for uh, plus, like for the point spread. So good stuff, boys. Good stuff. All right, I think we're ready to move on to our next game here, which is uh, game number two, Friday night, 8:30 p.m. Eastern time. The Hamilton Tiger Cats come into Winnipeg to face the Blue Bombers. Uh, Adam, what we got for storylines on this one? 
Well, I think Hamilton, it's pretty straightforward what the storyline will be on this one. It's what Bo Levi Mitchell, what can he do? Last year was not a good year for Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, just could not seem to be get consistent. Couldn't make those deep passes like we're used to seeing uh, Bo Levi do. And it's, um, yeah, it's going to be a make or break year, I think, for Bo Levi Mitchell. Yes, he signed for two years. I get that. Or three years, is it? No, two years. Two years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. So he signed for three years, but here's the thing. No contract is ever guaranteed in the CFL. So Bo Levi Mitchell is got to prove something. This is a big game against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the West Division champions of last year. And I believe that the Hamilton Tiger Cats need to make a point that they are a team that's going to be contending for the Grey Cup this year. So to me, this is all about right now, Bo Levi Mitchell, the big contract they gave him, the trade that they made for him. And this is what people will be looking at in this game mostly is with the Ticats and what happens there. He's got the pieces. I believe he has enough pieces to make it work for uh, receiving core. Uh, I mean, everybody's going to watch and see if Tommy Condell actually uses his running back for once. Probably not. But hey, he's there anyways in case he decides to change his mind or something. Uh, James Butler now is in Hamilton, for those that don't know. But, um, yeah, uh, I think the big headline, though, I think is Bo Levi Mitchell. What do you think, guys? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I can't see much else there, Ryan. Yeah, it's got to be how how Bo is going to perform. That is the thing on everybody's mind because that's really what they're banking on here. Uh, and I, you know, I'll say in general, it's how are a lot of guys going to perform? How is Duke Williams going to perform? You know, he had attitude problems over in Saskatchewan last year. Can he get that back on track and be a force for Hamilton? Uh, they've got the, you know, a couple new pieces on the defensive line. Not sure if Kongbo gets into the lineup so quick after being traded over to Hamilton, but that's a scary looking defensive line for the tie cats. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm watching on the Hamilton side. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what I'm watching, though, on the other side of the football, on the Winnipeg side, is a thing that Trey was talking about probably last season and in, uh, in uh, during the Grey Cup a little bit, or just after the Grey Cup. And maybe I'm watching it a little more after seeing the preseason game because father time has never lost, is the way I'm going to say this one on the defensive side of the football for the Bombers. They've got a very veteran crew out there. Uh, not saying that's a bad thing. Uh Willie Jefferson maybe can really rally back and have a heck of a good year. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, I mean, I haven't heard much on him this week. Uh, and then, I mean, you've got other guys on that defense, though, like Tad Hansen, uh, coming back from a major injury from last year. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Winston Rose looks like he will be a probable or possibly out for the first game here against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, also, the... Uh, uh, special teams player of the century. Uh, what is it there? Sorry, my brain just absolutely farted when it shouldn't have. Uh, do, 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 do. I have my notes and now I kind of misplaced them there. There we go, Mike Miller. Uh, he will possibly be out as well this uh, game. That means two defensive guys uh, in the backfield there for the secondary will possibly be missing. The other one also is Adam Big Hill. How much has he practiced really during the training camp. I think they took it pretty easy on him uh, just because veteran, he knows, he knows the playbook. He doesn't really need to be there to learn stuff, but there will be a little bit of rust on guys like that. And it'll be very interesting to see what the defense does 
against a kind of refreshed, retooled, I guess you would say, Hamilton Tiger Cat team. Uh, the only other thing that I had for this game uh, to talk about uh, was on a side note, and I know Bomber fans are going to absolutely murder me in about two seconds for saying this. What happened last time Simone Lawrence met Zach Caleros in game one of the uh, regular season? <laughs> Anybody remember? Uh, he ended up getting, you know, Caleros got injured, traded to Toronto, traded to Winnipeg, won back-to-back Grey Cups and uh, multiple MOP seasons. You're welcome. Winnipeg. <laughs> I don't think that's the answer you were looking for there. Well, the injured part, yeah, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, no, uh, the defense, like I said, is a big thing I'm watching for in Winnipeg this week. Uh, what are you guys watching for out of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, besides also that really, really talented uh, receiving core? I want to make sure they don't do that. Ben, don't break defense for, you know, like 59 minutes again, because they it, it was creeping in on the preseason, and I was like, you know what, most of these guys aren't going to be playing next week, so it doesn't matter, but... I swear to God, if I have to watch for three hours that, you know, big plays out the outside, you know, and, oh, we let him to three. Oh, we let him a three or we got, we luckily got a fumble. Those are going to run out at some point. So I wish the defense could actually be a little bit more uh, like a great wall than uh, whatever it has been. Ryan? I think I'm looking at the kicking and the punting for the Bombers because Mark Leggio was let go. Sergio Castillo's named the starting kicker. Uh, Sheehan is going to be doing the punting, a global player there. And Legio, I thought, did good in the punting game last season. And so, you know, let's see what they can bring in week one, uh, taking over uh, both of his roles. Uh, other than that, you know, maybe Brady Oliveira, just because he started the season slow last year but finished strong, what version do we see uh, to kick off the season here? If he can pick up where he left off, could be in for a pretty good year. Anything else on storylines? Are we ready to move into fantasy picks here, I think, for uh, this game here? Yeah, no, I think we're ready to roll into fantasy. Uh, What do you got this time, Ryan? Oh, do I have five options for you in this game? I certainly do. Uh, You know, I love Tim White. He is, uh, you know, one of the top players in the league. He's also really expensive in fantasy this week. So if you're looking for an alternative option, it's the guy who's probably going to get the bulk of the other targets from Bo Levi Mitchell, who could pass a lot and comes at about $5,000 cheaper, and that is Duke Williams. Look, Duke Williams had a season of 1,500 yards in the CFL. He went off to the NFL, stuck around there for a little while there as well. He is one of the most talented receivers in the league when he can get stay focused on the game. Uh, and at $9,000 in this new fantasy pricing system, as on a team lacking depth, I would say, or known depth to us, you know, breakout stars probably coming. Uh, yeah, I like the thought of Bo leaning on a guy like Duke Williams to make some big plays against that Benton, but don't break defense. Trey was talking about uh, on the other side of things. Um, yeah, I guess I mentioned Tim White already, 13.4 thousand uh, there. Probably a little high on price, but also expect him to be leaned on heavily. Uh, Terry Godwin, if you're looking for a really cheap option for Hamilton wide receiver is a guy that I think got in for a game or two last year and looked like he could be a future producer for the team. And if they're going to pass a lot and maybe there's a little extra coverage on Tim White and Duke Williams, I think Terry Godwin, Keandre Smith, any of those guys could be a sneaky value fantasy play. 
uh, on the Hamilton side. So I've got three Hamilton wide receivers here because I expect Bo to try to throw like 30, 40 times in this game with, uh, I don't, I don't have any faith in Donnie, Tommy Condell running the ball, even with James Butler on the Winnipeg side, too many wide receivers. How do you know who's getting the ball? Uh, they're all too expensive as well for me to want to look any of those directions, except maybe Carlton Agadosi. If he gets into the lineup, he is a tall guy. He is, has the ability to go over the top of a defense and make a play. He did it in the preseason. He looked good in the preseason game on Friday. He looked good in his one start last season as well. Uh, and he comes in at $4,700. So again, another super cheap value fantasy play at receiver if he makes it to the starting lineup this week with Kenny Lawler out due to suspension. Uh, and then finally, the Winnipeg defense, just because I think there are so, a few injuries on the Hamilton offensive line, if I was le- reading correctly. Joel Figueroa is questionable. Chris Van Zyl is out. Alex Fontana is out. Bo is also getting old. Uh, and I'm not a believer in Bo Levi Mitchell anymore uh, at this point in his career. So Bombers force a couple turnovers a game normally. Uh, Bo is struggling to put up touchdowns the last few years, I think, so... I like Bombers defense is one of my top defense options. Uh, Adam, let's go to you first on this one. Uh, who's your fantasy player to watch in Hamilton, Winnipeg? Well, I'll be honest with you. You took mine. It was Duke Williams. I really think that at 9,000, he's pretty reasonable priced. Uh, he can offer that big play potential. As long as his head's in the game, it's a pretty good pickup. And I think that the Bombers might be a little bit weak on secondary right now. So, Good chance for the uh, for the Thai Cats to go deep, but you also got to get them the ball, and uh, that might be a little bit of a concern for sure. So, but uh, yeah, I'd go with Duke Williams probably on my guy on my roster. So, well, for me, because I have one blue bomber, uh, Pigram, as my starting quarterback, that leaves me a lot of salary cap to put Dalton shown. And yes, Chris, there is captains now, and I'm hitting the two times button on Dalton shown because don't tell me he doesn't have a good shot of getting, you know, 20 points. And then you double that, boys. That's a double-double all day that you want to be getting. So Dalton shown's mine. I like it. I like the mention of the captain there as well. Uh, Over to you for the betting odds on this one, Trey. All righty, boys. You know, you know me. I said the Bombers are going to go 7 and 11. And, um, but you know what? Not only are they going to get their first of their seven wins, they're going to do it by more than five points. And that's what the spread is minus five Winnipeg over Hamilton. So I'm taking Winnipeg minus five. The over under 47, it was 47 and a half. It's went down. Oh, good God, I'll take the over. I hate taking the over with the Bombers because they usually will get like a, you know, they'll be up 23 and then kind of coast, but I'm going to take the over. Um, let's start with Adam this time. Who do you like with this? Well, seeing as I got a new hat and it looks pretty nice and everything else, I guess I kind of got to go with the Hamilton Tiger Cats this week. And I got to go with the Tiger Cats for mainly the one reason of – I really still question the Winnipeg defense. I just, I know I shouldn't question their defensive line or their linebacking core, but I don't know. Something doesn't seem right for me and I'm going to go and I smell something wrong. So I'm going to go with the under as well because we'll be fine. Mitchell, I don't think he'll have a great game, but he'll have a serviceable game. And I think that it'll make him enough that he can possibly make something happen here to win this game. And if nothing else, 
Hamilton still might at least uh, bring it to within three is my guess. So, so I'm going to go with the tie cats in the under. In the under. All right, Ryan. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I guess not for, I guess we're all going different variations here. Cause I'm going to take the bombers uh, at minus five here. Uh, I really just think, you know, the bombers at home have been a dominant force the last two years, Hamilton coming in on the road. I think the bombers are still the more complete, better team here. Uh, so I like their chances and I'm going to take the under also, uh, you know, 47 points here. I, I, I see a score. I'm envisioning a score of something like a 27-15 Bombers win, which would be, if my math is correct, 42 points scored. Uh, so, you know, I expect maybe a couple touchdowns from Hamilton. Winnipeg's usually good for, for three and a couple field goals. Uh, give me the the under. Perfect, guys. Love it. All right, moving on. Oh, to... Real quick, real quick. I was going to mention 82% have taken Winnipeg on Pickham. So just, that's unreal. <laughs> but I mean, that makes sense, but it's unreal. And the other 18% are a mix of Ty Cats and Riders fans. Pretty much. <laughs> it's all of Adam's burner accounts that he's got on there. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love the I love the CFL pick'em percentages because you start trying to read into those and it's you can tell that there is a large population of Saskatchewan that plays uh, CFL pick'em because even in the seasons where the Riders are doing bad, it's like Riders eighty percent favorites over the top team in the league. It's like how did we get how did we get to this logic? I, even rider fans, I just like, yeah, I'm I'm not going there because yeah, they they'll ride or die with their team. I'll give them that. They're passionate at least, so all good on that. So, uh, what do you say? Ready to move on to the next game here, guys? I yep. think we are. Yeah, and that is uh, an East Division matchup with the Ottawa Red Blacks going into Montreal. This one is first of I believe our two game double. No, there are no double headers in Week One. Every game is on a different day. Four straight days of CFL. Um, Quick thought, what do you guys think of that? Do you like that? Do you wish there was a doubleheader to start the season? Put a doubleheader on Friday night or Saturday. I mean, why are you playing the Riders and the Edmonton Elks on a Sunday? You know, Rider fans travel. It's the first game of the season. You can't tell me there's going to be some really, really tired people in Saskatchewan on a Monday morning. Uh, isn't this their initiative, though? Then they say they're going to really hit Sunday until Labor after Labor Day, right? So I think they have... yeah. Yeah, they have it next week. They have it the week after. And the next week they have a game every different day. Yeah, they have it for they have it till at least week uh week six is the first time we have a doubleheader. You know, I, I don't hate it in the sense that start to the season, I get that they're trying to get the momentum of four straight days of people watching and talking about the CFL, right? And getting into it. And that means social media impressions for four straight days of of games and stuff like that. And also, you know, if people are busy one night, it gives them three more games they can watch. So uh, I'm not going to lie. The Sunday nighter I have against Ticats Argos, that I'm actually looking forward to that because I think that's going to be an interesting time, especially in Toronto. You know, so. And it sounds like sales are really going well for that Edmonton-Saskatchewan game from what I heard. I think they were talking like 34, 35, 34,000. I mean, that's a big turnout for Edmonton, especially considering, you know, what we'll be talking about later on. So. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what kind of numbers we get in week one, right? Uh, I'm excited that we get four straight days of CFL football. I'm just excited to have regular season football back. 
Uh, but let's get back to our third game of the week here. Ottawa at Montreal, uh, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, what are we looking at here in this game, Adam? Yeah, so well, the first thing's first. This is the injury bowl. I mean, the winner gets an extra Band-Aid because, man, is there a lot of injuries already for both of these teams, namely the Ottawa Red Blacks. I don't know if they decided padded practices were going to be every night, but, boy, there's a lot of injuries on that team. Uh, the biggest one to talk about, though, is Jeremiah Mazzoli. Uh, he is still not 100% and ready to go here for the start of the season. So you're going to see Nick Arbuckle starting this game here for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Sounds like maybe two weeks, I think, Farhan Laji was reporting. Uh, saying that possibly two weeks uh, until Jeremiah Mazzoli is 100% ready to go. And uh, Ottawa, I think, has a bye week and be three, week three. So uh, week four, maybe we'll see Jeremiah Mazzoli. But uh, thoughts on uh, uh, the starting quarterback for the uh, for the Ottawa Red Blacks? Well, we've seen, we've seen Nick Arbuckle, uh, you know, at times last season, and we were hoping to see Mazzoli be ready to go for this year, but uh, out the first two weeks, and they have a bye of the third, so we won't see him until week number four, which would make, I think, a full, technically, season calendar year since he last left the game, because uh, he got injured in week four last year. Arbuckle had so much hype around the CFL and everywhere he went, it seemed he couldn't just land that starting job. I don't, I don't have a ton of faith in him at this point to, you know, lead fantastic performances uh, here in these first two games personally. Um, but think maybe he, you know, with some other guys out there on the team, there's the chance he could do enough, I think to, you know, if he can play a good game manager game, he's not, it wouldn't hurt their chances. No, I agree. I'm sorry. I, I completely agree. I really don't have much else to add. Yeah, as I was saying, the injury part of uh, things for Ottawa, I mean, it's just insane that there's so many injuries to start the season. Uh, I'm not even going to try it. Uh, the Hunter defensive back, uh, Peck, he's out. Uh, James Peter, uh, linebacker, he looks like he's out with a hand industry, uh, injury. Uh, Dan Bassabomo, I hope I said that right, Bombo. Try to, anyways. Uh, no shoulder injury, won't play. Uh, Javon Santos Knox, that's a big one. Linebacker, hamstring, not playing. Shaq Evans, their big signing for uh, wide receiver this year, not playing. He's got a hand injury. Tevon Smith, again, hamstring, probably not playing. Ante Leader, uh, ankle injury, did not practice. And also, again, uh, Dante Bull. He's been limited in practice with leg injury. That's the first overall pick from this season for offensive line. And Sherrod Baltimore, I'm guessing is from Indianapolis. He also didn't practice here this uh, week as well. So lots of injuries over on the Ottawa side. That being said, they still got to play a football game. And boy, it's a big one for the head coach, I would think, guys. Uh, it is uh, the first game here for head coach. Uh, oh, gee, my, sorry, guys. Uh, for the head coach here for uh, Bobby Dice. Uh, old special teams coordinator for quite a long time over in Ottawa. He's got some big help at least this year. He's got Kahari Jones, Baron Miles. So lots of help there for uh, for Bobby Dice uh, to start off his career as a as a hired coach. He was the head coach, I guess, for a couple games there in Saskatchewan, but we don't want to remember those. Anyways, uh, what's your guys' thoughts on Bobby Dice's uh, first game here uh, for the Ottawa Red Box? Trey? You know, I'm 
I'm feeling this has got to be a turnaround, even with Mazzoli out, you know, like it's, they come on the road here that may, right. So they don't have the pressure of trying to winning at home, Montreal, you never know what's going to go on there. And like I said, I'm not too sure even if like ownership is too involved with what happened over the, they don't really know. This is not their roster, right? This is not exactly what they came in with. So I think this is Ottawa's game to, to win right now. And I think that would go a long way for Dice's uh, coaching tenure here. Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about the other guys. I think you mentioned here already, Adam Kahari Jones and Baron miles as well. I think there's a really good coaching staff for the team that, you know, last season, I thought on paper coming into the year, they, they had the personnel they needed, uh, but maybe Paul Apolis, you know, wasn't the right fit as head coach to lead them early in the season. Uh, but Bob Dice could be, I think, potentially that guy. I'm happy to see him get his shot here. So uh, we'll see what early season brings for him. But you mentioned all those injuries. It's a, it's a tough sell to start the season for these guys. And as I call this the injury bowl, we move over to the Montreal Alouette side where Greg Ellingson, their main uh, signing for a wide receiver, is, well, guess what? He's injured as well uh, with, I think it's a knee injury, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he will be out this week, which leaves the new quarterback in uh, Montreal, Cody Fajardo, with a little bit less limited options there. Is there somebody that you guys can see in the backfield that could fill in for uh, Ray Ellingson right away, uh, Ryan? Uh, well, uh, I will defer to the fantasy picks shortly uh, for uh, lack of repeating myself, because I think there are some intriguing fantasy options in that Montreal wide receiver core. Because it's not only Greg Ellingson that's out, right? It's uh, Reggie White Jr. is expected to step into the number two role. He's on the sixth game to start the season. Uh, it is um, Tyson Philpott probably expected to be a big piece. He's also did not practice this week. So there's going to be some young pieces in that Montreal receiving core this week. Absolutely. It's going to be a very, very interesting way of getting that done. I would imagine Chandler Worthy will have a very big piece to fill in that roster is one of them. But uh, yeah, we'll get into the fantasy part right away here. Trey, anything you want to say else on uh, Greg Ellickson? Not surprised, man. I don't even know if I saw him play it down last year in Winnipeg. So it's, I'm I'm surprised they even gave him a contract, you know. But hopefully he plays at some point. I mean, he had five straight 1,000-yard seasons. No, that's just... true. That's true. But I think he's hit that next stage of his career where, I don't know, I'm not expecting him to be on the field that much. Well, that being said, uh, I think one of the main stories in this one, too, will be the uh, – Beginning of, well, you want to call it the revenge tour or the comeback tour for uh, Cody Fajardo. I mean, a lot of people have looked into this one and said he's got a new offensive line. Uh, he's got a new coach. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't have a new coach. Uh, but he uh, definitely uh, been very quiet in the media, which I think is probably one thing that he maybe learned about that you don't really talk a lot in the media. Uh, I know in Saskatchewan he was all over uh, – talking about everything going wrong everywhere and it wasn't him, but it was everything else. Uh, so, Hey, we'll see what Cody Fajardo can do. Uh, it doesn't have much to work with though. On the receiving core has a great uh, running back core though, that can help him out quite a bit. It's a little bit different of an offensive line than maybe he's arguably a little bit stronger than what Saskatchewan had last year for sure. Uh, guys, some thoughts on Cody Fajardo making his start in Montreal this week. Can he get back to the way he played in 20, what was it, 2019, where he had his really strong season, was a West MOP nominee? You know, if he can stay upright a little bit more, what does that change for his game? Was 
the good season uh, a flash in the pan for Fajardo or, you know, was what we saw last year more of the norm for him, a guy that kind of came out of nowhere after being a career backup for a couple of years. So really, really intrigued to see what we get out of Fajardo because I could see it going either way, but expecting better than last year because he should be not on the turf for 90% of the season. No, I agree. I just want to see, he, you know, he was literally, and I'm not trying to make this as a joke. He was the upright away from winning that game in, you know, um, 2019 or whatever too, right? He, 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 and he had a good game, game back. You know, he, I want to see that guy back. I would love to see that. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him have a better season than he did last year. I mean, the guy there does really care about what he does and he puts a lot of passion to what he does. So he's a guy that's really exciting for the league. And he's got the feet, he's got the arm, he's got the ability to do it. Uh, just want to see if he can put everything back together and uh, make a good run for the Alouettes this year, except for, you know, two games maybe against a certain team, green and white. Nevertheless, I hope he has a great season. Uh, that being said, uh, the last thing I think that we wanted to, uh, that I just wanted to quickly briefly bring up, uh, and maybe this is a part of your fantasy thing as well, Ryan, uh, the running back situation in Montreal William Stanback returns after a huge injury last year. He did play a game or two last year in the end, but uh, wasn't really quite the same as what he was. Uh, he's got the old offseason to kind of recover and uh, get his head ready for this season. Uh, what are you guys expecting out of William Stanback? And also, I guess, for a little bit of an extent, Walter Fletcher for the uh, Montreal Alouettes. Uh, they just got to use him. Like, yeah, I hope they got to use him because that's key one of keeping Cody upright you know kind of thing it's so i i don't know i think i i think it'd be an interesting one like a rotation those two they kind of give me different vibes and they get different looks so hopefully they can mix them well together and get something going ryan well and then the thing we're not even talking about is they still have jeshra and antley on the roster too who put up 600 yards last season so that's a log jam between the three of those i'd rival that similar to what calgary's got with their three running backs and it's a question of who's gonna get the workload you know can stand back take a full load after this injury if he can then he'll probably be one of the leading rushers in the league but if not then you're gonna see a guy like walter fletcher sub in uh and get utilized there so um yeah i don't i i, I like to think stand back is gonna have a bounce back season i hope he does because boy was he a dominant force before he got injured i still remember those 200 yard rushing games Absolutely. Uh, the big thing I've got a more of a question on, on the running back side of things, does Jason Moss actually use his running backs properly? Too, yeah. I mean, he had two great running backs. I thought last year in Saskatchewan and uh, there were times where you're sitting there handed off and nope, he was throwing it. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, Trey, I do have to ask a question on the over under while Ryan's running through fantasy. Can you tell me how many uh, Gatorade jugs, What's the over-under on a Gatorade jug getting it in Montreal this week? Pretty high. I don't know. Are we setting the bar two Gatorade jugs getting totaled off? Or... Well, how many yeah, do you least... have per sideline? <laughs> well, they're both on the same sideline in Montreal, aren't they? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> True, all the east and all the east that are one side. At, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. <laughs> Nevertheless, yeah. I think we better get through some fantasy here. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, sure. Uh, we were just talking about the running backs. 
I don't love any of them from this game this week because I don't know particularly who's going to be the lead back for the Red Blacks. I also, like I said, all of these issues we talked about with Montreal being a log jam and how much are they going to use the running game there. So I don't like any of those options. Either of the quarterbacks are intriguing to me if Jardo can bounce back. You know, Otto's got a lot of injuries on defense, but uh, also Montreal's got a lot of injuries at wide receiver. So I'm a bit hesitant to spend up that much on Fajardo this week, but maybe more going forward. Uh, I don't have high expectations for a big total from Nick Arbuckle, but he's about half the price of a lot of the other quarterbacks. He's $6,000. So if you're really looking for a cap crunch, you know, quarterback's a position that's been a disappointment in fantasy, I think, the last couple of seasons where you expect it to be the focal point of the roster can kind of sometimes be an afterthought where they don't perform all that differently from one another. Uh, so it could be worth spending a little bit there to spend up more elsewhere. Um, I talked a little bit, teased that I've got a couple Montreal wide receivers in mind, and these are guys that I expect to step up and have good seasons this year. The first one is Kion Julian Grant, a guy that actually I just picked up off the waiver wire in our fantasy league uh, this week because he is, in my mind, one of the top five Canadian receivers in the CFL. Uh, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season. He put up 500 yards last year, three touchdowns, could have a breakout season this year and more of a role. And he comes in at only $7,008 or $7,800 in fantasy this week with, again, no Ellingson, no Reggie White, potentially no Phil Pot. He should be one of the go-to guys in this offense. And so, too, should wide receiver Cole Speaker at $7,100, who looked good in training camps and looked good in preseason games last year. I was anticipating and hoping to see him get more of a role this season, and I think it looks like at least early on he will. Uh, so those are two, you know, decent prices for wide receivers in Montreal that could get some targets their way. I like the Alouettes defense as well at 9.9,000. It's a little high in the price, but... You know, with Arbuckle starting, with a couple of injuries at wide receiver, you know, Ottawa, yeah, they made some moves this offseason, but if most of the moves you make are guys on the injured list, do we expect them to be all that improved in week number one? Um, but the one guy in this game that I think is my go-to start of the week, and honestly a guy I'm looking to potentially give my captain two-time point total to, is Justin Hardy of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, he averaged nine targets a game down the stretch of last season, including two games against Montreal back-to-back, where he put up a whopping 25 targets in two games and was a dominant force. And I believe that was with the likes of Nick Arbuckle at the helm as quarterback there as well. Uh, Shaq Evans is not in the lineup. Uh, Braylon Addison is on the six-game injured list or out for a little while, I believe, as well. So if it's not Jalen Acklin, if it's not Nate Bahar, it's probably Justin Hardy getting the targets. And he comes in at $8,700 this week uh, and is a guy I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm putting him in my lineup. Uh, so those are kind of the five options, uh, or I guess I threw a sixth one, I think, in there uh, that I'm looking at for fantasy this week. Uh, Trey, let's go to you. Who you got your eye on in this game? Um, Like you said, I did have... Uh, speaker or spike or however say that but then you got you convinced me to change it to justin hardy uh that's kind of my two that i was looking at there adam yeah i'm looking at justin hardy i mean he's been a pretty good target for not a whole lot of uh 
money. I mean, eight point seven is not bad for a wide receiver this week. Uh, he's and he, you're right. He's just got a pile of targets last year. Uh, I think I actually had him on our own uh, uh, head-to-head fantasies for us. I think, if I'm not mistaken, for a few games. So definitely looking at adding him on my roster. And I'm looking at Nick Arbuckle, not because I think he's going to do a whole lot, but I think that he's very reasonable, and that means I could spend him other places, uh, spend money in other places. I don't know if I trust Cornelius quite yet. I don't know if I trust a few other guys right yet. Uh, Nick Arbuckle's been there a year. I think maybe that might be more of a safe choice and spend my money in other places on some bigger names, I guess. Right on. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the betting uh, picks for this game as well. All righty. Yeah, Montreal opens up. Well, they didn't open up. I think some of these odds have actually changed a fair bit, but Montreal now at minus two and a half. You know, this one is going to be close. I think it's going to be tight. But I'm going to go with the 59% of people on CFL Pick'em that says the Ottawa Red Blacks are going to win this game. So I'm going to take the Ottawa Red Blacks at plus two and a half. Not like I would take them to win, but they just got to lose by two or less. Um, and the over-under is 43 and a half. I'll take the over. I think 43 and a half, that's only like, what, 21, 22 kind of game. I think this could be more in the high 20s. Uh, let's start with you, Ryan. I'm going to go with Montreal at minus two and a half in this one at home. Uh, Ottawa just has, I know Montreal has injuries as well, but I think they have more depth. Again, the big thing I said was Ottawa brought a lot of pieces in, but if you have that many guys out due to injury, uh, you know, Nick Arbuckle starting. I like Fajardo more than him. Javon Santos Knox is a huge injury. I think for the red blacks there, uh, I like Montreal to win this one. But I am taking the under, uh, under 43.5 here. Uh, wasn't it the preseason? I was trying to look back at this. Wasn't it a preseason game uh, recently, Montreal-Ottawa? I guess that preseason total was direct just at the under. It was 43 points, but it was a lot of field goals back and forth. And I know it's preseason, but these are two offenses that are so banged up. You've got backups playing in there. They don't excite me a whole ton. Uh, I could see it being a low-scoring game with the the kickers being busy. All right, Adam. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to go lean with Ryan on this one here, and that's usually a bad thing because when me and Ryan get together on picks, usually it ends up with Trey winning. Anyways, uh, I'm going to go with the Ottawa Red Black. Or, sorry, the Montreal Alouettes on this one here. Uh, there's a lot of injuries, as I said before, with Ottawa. Uh, Shaq Evans, I mean, they were expecting, I'm sure, him to be taking a big load off of uh, guys like Justin Hardy and everything, and he's not going to be there. Santos Knox isn't there. He's a defense. will definitely have a hole in it because of that. means that Cody Fajardo won't have any more pressure on him. He won't have those linebackers uh, stepping up, and that means Fajardo has more time. Well, Fajardo with more time with a different offensive line, and also I think with a little bit of a uh, chip on his shoulder, as he said one time before, I like I like Cody Fajardo in this one. I'm a little bit leery about uh, Greg Ellingson not being there, but I don't think it's enough to scare me off. I'll take the uh, Montreal Alouettes. As for the over-under, uh, I think I'm going to go with the under on this one as well, uh, just because I don't see a lot of points being scored in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, mental mistakes. There's going to be a lot of fumbles. Maybe not fumbles, but maybe a few interceptions. Uh so I don't see a lot of points being scored, maybe just off of turnovers that way. And usually that means less points. So I'm going to go with the under. All right, guys. 
Let's move on to our final game of the week. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders going into Edmonton to face the Elks uh, Sunday, June 11th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. The game to round out this week. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, what, what, what intrigues you about this matchup, Adam? Well, first things first, Edmonton, boy, you guys are bold. Guaranteed win night on the first game of the season against the Rough Riders, which, okay, fair enough, they're rival. But, boy, uh, you guys know you haven't won for three years in a row, right, at home? Uh, somebody tell that to uh, to uh, Victor. I mean, it just seems like uh, a little bit bold of a thing to do. But, uh, hey, good on them. Uh, the thing I'm looking probably forward to over on the Edmonton side, I want to see how consistent the Edmonton Elks are going to be. And I'm sorry, guys, I didn't write this one down for you. Um, the Edmonton Elks never really proved that consistency, that they're going to keep guys in there and keep going with the same players they've got. They've started to develop a few good players on offense. Uh, Kevin Brown, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with him and how they use him. Uh, it looks like a dynamic running back. I think he's going to be probably... Uh, one of the guys we look at this year and say, oh boy, there's a star out of Edmonton. The other one also is Dylan Mitchell. He's been really highly touted uh, for a little bit here now. Uh, that being said, I think those two guys are kind of locks, but I'm still looking at Taylor Cornelius and saying, is he going to really step up his game and be consistent? Or is this going to be the year where he kind of trails off once more and kind of throws some ball, errant balls and does a few weird things? It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Taylor Cornelius in the backfield. I hate always picking on the uh, quarterback because that's kind of a cliche thing to do. That Oh, yeah, the storyline is both quarterback. But in this case, it really is. I mean, Cornelius needs to have a good year. Uh, he's just got paid a good contract. He's got some guaranteed money, one of the first guys in the CFL to get some of that. Uh, so very interested to see what happens. And also has a coach that really has a short trigger finger when it comes to uh, – making a move when he has to. So guys, just a few thoughts on Taylor Cornelius and uh, what he means to the Edmonton Elks this season. Uh, Ryan, as he's on your roster, I guess for, uh, for our CFL stuff, I guess you go first. Yeah. I mean, he's my top fantasy quarterback for the season. I expect him to finish uh, the, the highest in fantasy totals for quarterbacks, but in terms of, uh, you know, actual play out on the field, Cornelius needs to get his completion percentage uh, up. He's averaged 57% uh, completion rate the last two seasons. Uh, and, you know, that's that's got to get up if the, if the team is going to be successful. They gave him all the tools he needs to succeed this year. A solid running back in Kevin Brown, you know, a, a massive list. An arsenal and an arsenal, as I like to say, of wide receivers uh, with all the guys they brought in there. So, you know what they they gave it they gave him the reins of that offense uh, last season. Uh, I know it was up in the air coming into training camp. He had an okay season. Uh, now it's up to him to show you know that he can hone it in in his passing game. His running game, his rushing ability is great uh, and opens things up for them. But he's got to get that completion percentage down. And if he can do that, uh, he could be in for a really good year for the Elks offense. Trey, what do you got about Taylor? I agree, and I felt like every time I watched him play, he he got those sneaky first downs kind of thing. Like he would just—he's a big dude. He'd fall over, and that's pretty much the ten yards right there, right? So he would just get out and some. Free, he would always have some free space. He's got long legs. It looked like he took two or three long steps, and that's a first down too, or you know, closer too, right? So I think he needs to 
but then he would go and throw an interception the next play, you know? So I think he just needs to, you know, make sure he keeps a hold of the ball, either uh, not fumbling or throwing interceptions. Yeah, I think that if he can prove that he can just uh, control the game, manage the game a little bit, I know that's a real Matt Nichols thing to do, but nevertheless, uh, he looks like a guy that uh, can really develop in the league, and hopefully Chris Jones just gives him the chance to actually get developing. I know he's got Trey Ford and that uh, he drafted him high. I mean, he drafted him in the first round. So I hope that uh, Chris Jones doesn't jump the trigger too quickly, but We'll see what happens in Edmonton. Uh, the other thing also on the Edmonton side of the football, uh, I think the defensive line should be watched a little bit there. Uh, I know I've had a few guys there on the Edmonton D that I've been watching uh, a little bit closer here as they've developed. Uh, I'm really interested to see how much pressure they can get on the Saskatchewan offensive line. That's pretty much brand new for this season. Uh, so, guys, just a quick little thought on some of the defensive line things that you're seeing out of the Edmonton Elks. Uh, Trey? Um, you know, I think that, the, yeah, the defense is the big part here in their defensive line. You know, there was a little bit of the – I know it was a preseason game, but I felt like they didn't do that bad, you know, around the Winnipeg defense in that first one, and I think they just need to keep that going and – yeah, in this game, especially when on the other side, you know, you have what Harris, you know, you kind of got to get in his face. He's not exactly the quickest guy out there either. Where is he going to go if that uh, pocket pocket shatters, right? So I, I, I think that, yeah, that's kind of where this game might be won or lost. Well, I mean, that's every game in the football, I guess. But I think definitely the both, the both lines is where this game is going to be won or lost, Ryan. Oh, I echo a lot of what Trey just said there, uh, you know, and the big piece they brought in, I believe, was A.C. Leonard on the defensive line, a former rider. So that's an intriguing matchup to watch there. You know, what can he do to that rider's offensive line and to Trevor Harris there? Uh, I'm excited for what year two of Chris Jones' defense looks like. I'm, I'm, last year wasn't great defensively. They rotated a bunch of pieces in and out. I'm hoping they find their guys early in the season this year and that that starts with week one. And I hope they roll with a consistent roster on defense uh, because he's a great defensive mind, uh, Chris Jones, but he's also a madman at times when it comes to a depth chart. And we haven't gotten their depth chart yet, but like with all these other depth chart changes that we've gotten with this nationalized American thing, I don't even want to see what Chris Jones puts together. Like, <laughs> I guarantee he's preparing a master class right now on how to make a roster because he is going to blow that thing up and make the CFL reconsider everything they've ever done in their lives. Because, yeah, it's Chris Jones. You know he's going to be up to any shenanigan he can get up to. Uh, we There's a reason why he's the turtleneck. It's just like the hoodie in the NFL, except for, you know, he wears a turtleneck instead of a hoodie. But nevertheless... Uh, shout out to Chris Jones for reading mean tweets on the Elks Twitter account as well. I haven't gotten to watching the video yet, but I'm very excited to do so. Just brilliant. Just brilliant. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I got to admit, he at least has a good sense of humor. So good on Chris Jones for that one. Uh, Richard in the chat, I just want to get to you real quick. Uh, I'm not sweating. I've got hydraulic oil all over my face, and I just haven't cleaned it off yet. So that's why I'm looking a little shiny today. So nevertheless. Um Going over to the Saskatchewan side of the football, well, the biggest thing I think everybody's going to be watching, and in Saskatchewan especially, is the offensive line. Uh, they had a signing, actually, this week. Uh, Colin Kelly 
Uh, comes mm-hmm. into Saskatchewan as a free agent. Uh, was expected to stay around in the XFL. However, somebody found a loophole. And uh, yeah, Colin Kelly is now a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. So big signing for the Riders there. That's a national uh, for them. So they got a little bit extra help and depth. I don't think maybe you'll see them this week. It's hard to say, depending on how injuries look. Uh, I believe that they had a uh, little bit of an injury. Philip Blake uh, was not practicing this week. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, what are you guys thinking on this offensive line? I mean, it, it can't be as bad as last year, could it? Trey? Worse. Worse. I was kidding. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I definitely think it's an improvement, but I don't know. Like, again, I don't know. I don't think it was Fajardo. Like, it wasn't Fajardo, right? Like, I think – and I think that um, – and I'm not very high on Harris, so I don't even know if a better offensive line really does much. Like, I hope it does for for some sake, but I don't know. I think there's just going to need to be some major change somewhere along the line in Saskatchewan over the next season or two at that head office there to see what they're doing because they're missing the mark a little bit on offensive line. There, We got some amazing offensive linemen in this league, and I just don't think Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan historically has, you know, found those big prairie boys and i think they're just missing out on them lately and um that's where you don't have the canadian depth at offensive line then you're really screwed elsewhere right ryan yeah i mean for saskatchewan obviously that was the biggest focus this offseason was offensive line they brought a couple big pieces in colin kelly the most recent one thing i really like about the pieces they brought in is they're veterans uh that was a young o-line last year and i think they could have used a veteran presence maybe to settle it down a little bit I guess the concern on the other side of it is, is, you know, are they past their prime? If they're, you know, mid late thirties, some of these guys, which I believe some of these guys are uh, now there are guys around the league also that like you look at Winnipeg, they've got a, you know, aging offensive line and they're still, you know, some of those guys are still able to produce at a high level as well. So I'm not saying the riders guys can't uh, there as well. And I think it will, I think it will be improved over last season, but, Perhaps the other big factor is what does the offensive game plan look like? It's not Jason Moss's game plan. It's Kelly Jeffries, uh, which should be more run focused. So does that change things that, you know, does that give the offensive line more breathing room, so to say? Yeah. And really, when you look at it, the only thing really consistent about the Riders offense is the receipt running backs. I mean, it's still uh, Frankie Hickson and it's still, uh, Jamal Morrow, essentially, in Saskatchewan. Those two are the only guys that are really kind of the same from last year. Otherwise, you're right. The offensive line got completely revamped. Uh, when you had Peter Godbury, you add in Philip Blake, you add in Zach Fry now. He's going to be a backup this year, uh, getting out of university. Uh, he'll be a big factor eventually as a Saskatchewan referee. Plus, you have Logan Bandy and Logan Furlan that also get an extra season in of experience as well. Uh, the other thing, like I say, though, the receiving core in Saskatchewan is pretty much right revamped as well. Maybe minus Mitchell Picton, essentially. This is almost a new receiving core when you look at what it's coming out to. A uh, couple little thoughts on uh, one guy in particular, I will say, is Darrell Walker. He spent a lot of time with Edmonton. Uh, had some big seasons with Edmonton and is now a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Uh, I guess the question in the chat just quickly that came in was, who's Harris going to throw to and who's going to be Saskatchewan's top receiver? My bet is on right now Darrell Walker, to be honest with you. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be Darrell Walker. It's going to be Jake Winicky because these are the two veterans. These are the two guys that Trevor Harris knows, right? Uh, I mean, him and Walker only played six games together in 2021 before Harris got traded uh, to Montreal. But Winicky, he's played the last couple seasons with. So I do lean on those two guys uh, as my expectation for the biggest two. I think there are some other sneaky, you know, younger pieces that could contribute, but have to think they get the bulk of the targets with Keon Schaefer Baker still injured. No. Yeah. I was going to ask how long is he out till September, uh, September, like Labor Day. I mean, stuff. Yeah. Both that boys. I don't know if you noticed yeah. he practiced this week. Oh, did he? Limited. And yeah, they oh, just limited. put him out there just to play games with Chris Jones. I was going to say <laughs> limited practice though. And he's not out. Like he might not be back till September. That's ballsy. But, I you know, I, I'm pretty sure he's added to the sixth game. I think today or after okay. today, I think will be. I think it was yeah. quick evaluation. Then yeah. then yeah, just the same two guys, um, Ryan uh, Winicky and or Walker, right? Like I, I think that's what it's going to have to be, uh, really. If Schaefer Baker is, you know, coming back soon, then my last round fantasy pick just looks even better, guys. Yeah. Yes, we all still hate you, Ryan. Yes, you know. Anyways, yeah, um, no. The other thing you got to look at, though, in uh, Saskatchewan, that's going to be a little bit of an issue is the injury front already. Like you just said, Keon Schaefer Baker. I mean, we expected that one. That one's pretty straightforward. The one though that's a real problem for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. If I can pull up here really fast, I said pulled up a bold Levi Mitchell interview for some reason. Just a mock Saskatchewan fans, just a little bit more. Uh, the injury front for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Philip Blake, we've talked about, but Braden Lenius lower back did not practice this week. That's a big piece for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to possibly be missing, you know, especially after I took him. Uh, the other one also that I'm looking at here for injuries that's really interesting is Jawan Breskison. That's the other Canadian. Uh, is also uh, limited in practice. He had a shoulder. Uh, Moncrief uh, did practice, but he has a shoulder injury. Um, yeah, there's a lot of players in Saskatchewan that are right now on the injured list. I think the biggest name for Edmonton, uh, Aaron Grimes, I believe, is uh, probably out with a uh, shoulder knee injury. I'm not sure what I've seen there, but uh, definitely didn't practice today. So that could be a big one for the Elks. Uh that being said, who do you take in fantasy when you hear all those uh, names for Saskatchewan wide receiver out? Any wide receiver, Ryan? Um, yeah, let's go through the options here in fantasy uh, for Edmonton and Saskatchewan. Edmonton, to me, is a fantasy goldmine this season. They are stacked offensively, I think. Uh, and Taylor Cornelius is one of my favorite quarterbacks to take this week uh, as well. He's $12,000 in fantasy. He's cheaper than some of the other guys above him. And last year, he had 500 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns, and in the second half of the season, five games over 20 points. So uh, he is, you know, because of his mobile ability, is one of the best fantasy options because you need a mobile quarterback to be successful in fantasy football uh, there. So really a big fan of his. At running back, uh, Kevin Brown is one of the big names I'm going to likely be putting in my lineup this week. Uh, as well, uh, seven games last year, but, uh, you know, it's uh, almost 700 all-purpose yards in those seven games for him. Uh, I really like Kevin Brown, especially if he can get uh, more involved in the run game or more involved, sorry, putting the ball in the end zone, which I think having the other receivers there should help. 
I love all the receivers. I love Eugene Lewis. I love Stephen Dunbar. I love Dylan Mitchell, but I want to see the target share first before I'm spending big money on any of those in fantasy this week, as much as I really liked all of those options. I'm sticking away from them. I'm just going to lean on Taylor Cornelius getting big points by throwing to those guys. Um, but on the other side of the ball, on the other side of the field at wide receiver, we talked about the guy I really like. My biggest, my go-to wide receiver pick from this game potentially would be Darrell Walker at $10,000, uh, $10,000, uh, he plays his best when he gets, he gets a lot of targets thrown his way. Hasn't caught a, you know, a high percentage of those the last couple of seasons, but we're talking about a guy who, you know, used to be one of the best receivers in the league. And I think has a bit of a connection with Trevor Harris. Looked good in that preseason game too. Uh, the connection between those two guys there. Uh, going back to the running backs because I missed this one. Jamal Morrow on the other side of the ball for Saskatchewan at eleven thousand is a piece I really like there as well. I think he's going to get more involvement this year. Hoping that Frankie Hickson doesn't take too much of the the reps from him. Uh, but he runs, he catches, uh, you know, he gets involved in the return game, maybe not as much, probably not as much return game duty for him this year. But I like Jamal Morrow as a running back as well. And then I got to throw out the Elks defense. They're $5,600. They're dirt cheap, whereas I think Calgary's like 13000 or something like that in fantasy is the top one. Uh, you know, if we're banking on them having a turnaround, they're facing a Riders offensive line that is going to be under a lot of pressure here. Yeah, I would take a chance on the Elks defense if I don't think there's a better option out there uh, this week. So those are those are the guys I'm looking at on uh, for fantasy here. Uh, Adam, what do you got for this one? You're muted, bud. <laughs> I was looking at another screen while I was trying to figure out my fantasy as well. Uh, there's one guy on this thing that I'm not really wanting to take, but... Uh, I kind of need to save some money, and they're only 7.7,000. I'm going to go with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defense. The reason being is they're cheap, and I'm going to save money for some other pieces that I want to buy. So I'm trying to spread money around here, and uh, I'm still really not sure what I'm going to actually do. If I, I Like the two quarterbacks I'm looking at is Trevor Harris because he had a pretty good game against Winnipeg, although one series. I mean, what are you evaluating there? Or – possibly Taylor Cornelius if I think Edmonton is going to light up the Riders, but I had probably more of a better chance the Edmonton Elks going against the Riders and beating them at home. So I don't know. I honestly, I'm, I'm thinking the Saskatchewan defense because it's cheap. Not for any other reason. It's cheap. I don't know. The first thing what I said. What, what, it, what a, sorry, go ahead, Trey. I was going to say it's cheap, and after a few beers, it's going to look amazing, right? Exactly. Once <laughs> <laughs> so you put a few beers down, you can accept it. <laughs> so what I'm hearing Adam say is me picking the Riders as the first defense off the board in our fantasy draft is 100% justified. <laughs> Absolutely. Watch Ryan get like 25 points, except he forgets to pick the Riders and goes and picks his other team. And well, they're a other... team, so you know that'll be entertaining to see if they get more team players. Yeah, <laughs> they might get more points. I don't know. Uh, hey, it's possible you can get minus four from a defense. Uh, Trey, which uh, which fantasy player you got your eyes on here? Uh, right now, yeah, I like Kevin Brown. Like I said, I've saved a lot of money with some other positions, so I got him in there. And my flex right now is uh, is Dylan Mitchell. I think uh, he'll fit nicely into my lineup this week. 
Sounds good. Uh, take us through the betting odds. Oh, all right. Yeah, forgot one more game. You know, 80% of the fine folks on CFL Pick'em have taken the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, although they are plus two on the road here. The betting book, the bookmakers say Edmonton should get their first home win in, what, three years? Boys... I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the pesky Elks and say that they're going to do it minus two. Um, the over-under is 45 and a half. Very interesting one here. I'm going to take the under in this one. It's going to be a tight, low-scoring game. So, yeah, Edmonton minus two with the under. Ryan, what do you got in this one, man? I'm going with you as well. I think the Elks finally win that home game. I think they win a lot of home games this year, actually. And I think it starts this week and their whole promotion thing is irrelevant, uh, I guess, beyond week one. Uh, but it's it's fun. I like it. Um, no, I, I think Edmonton, I'm high on them this year. I'm high on their offense and expecting a Chris Jones bounce back on defense and no, uh, the Riders, I'm not I'm not as high on this year, just on the changes on the offensive side of the ball there. So give me the Elks to win this one. Uh, and I'll take the over, actually, on this. I think this could be a higher scoring game, you know, especially if that Elks defense doesn't close things up this year. You know, if the Riders defense, you know, doesn't perform uh, as well, like they, they struggled at times last season. I think the defensive backfield could be exploited there a little bit by all these receivers in Edmonton. I can see this being a higher scoring game that uh, Edmonton pulls out here. Adam? Muted. All right. Well, maybe I'll stop muting myself. I wish I could stay muted on this one because really I don't like the outcome of what's going to probably happen in this one. Uh, Yeah, I've got the Elks and I got the Elks big. Uh, more than two for sure. Uh, unfortunately, I you know what it takes time to gel on an offensive line, and the Riders are pretty much building an entire new one, and also a new receiving core, and also a new quarterback, and also a new offensive coordinator. So I think the defense will be okay, but the problem is they're going to be on the field for a very very long time this week, and that's not a good sign, especially when you got like. Got a guy like Kevin Brown that could just sit there and pound the ball and pound the ball and pound the ball. Uh, I expect a couple of picks or a couple of strips from uh, Serezna for the Elks. And uh, yeah, I'm going to predict the Elks to win this one pretty handedly and probably also in the over because I think the Elks might get 30 or more. Oh, sounds good, boys. And again, on our Discord, if you want to check it out, I will put all our projected win totals and our total and explain it a little bit better in detail. But I think I think I said I'll do five, hypothetical $5 for each game spread for four of the four games. And then I'll parlay. We'll do a $5 parlay on those. And then we'll have $5 on each over-under and then a parlay of those. So it would be a hypothetical $50 most weeks that are four games. And we'll see who can... Uh, win the most by the end of the year i think it'll be fun so yeah check our discord adam you didn't even take the hook off your hat man <laughs> is that not new he's got the hook she's still fancy boys she's still fancy <laughs> he's, he's got to return it. it he's got to return it back to the store at the end of the night absolutely it was just to annoy the winnipeg fans awesome man i might not be able to cheer also i may need to ride out of saskatchewan pretty soon because i i can smell torches and pitchforks coming my way Run, Adam, run. 
Um, you know, I'm looking at our our picks uh, on these games, and it concerns me. This is our first time doing over under, and I went opposite of Trey on every game in terms of over under. So we'll see how that works out for me. It's such a tough one because that's such a tough thing to nail down. I feel like that's even more difficult than the spread. It is. That's why we threw it in there. All right, fair enough. We got our feet wet last year, and it was more sadistic than doing just straight uh, game picks, right? Like it. So, yeah, for sure. So all three of us are in the uh, CFL's uh, podcast network fantasy league, right, guys? Yes. Yep. That is something we are playing again this season as well. Uh, like I, I like to run that every year, a charity league. Everybody puts 20 bucks in. I think there were 16 of us this year. So quick math, $320 going to the winner's charity of choice at the end of the season. Uh, so we go head to head with somebody else from around the, you know, all the different CFL podcasts out there every week. Uh, matchups for week number one. Uh, let's see, Trey, you've got the guys from the X's and Argos podcast. Uh, Adam, you've got uh, Ryan from the Go Stamps Go show. Uh, you know, he'll be fielding a full Stampeders lineup. Uh, will you counter with a full BC lineup to make things interesting? You know how tempting that would be, actually. Uh, or that, or go with a full Saskatchewan. Now, I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> You also no. could just you could go with a full stamps lineup of your own and secure a tie and just mess up my whole standings tracking. So I don't just... hmm. <laughs> no, um, I can't mess with the commissioner that much. Otherwise, he'll probably ban me. <laughs> no, I don't think. I think I. I think I accounted for ties in there. Uh, I've got super fan Mike from the turf district, which is. A very poetic matchup because I was last kicked out in the semifinals last season. 2-1 Superfan Mike, who I've, I don't think I've ever beaten in three years of playing this. So, yeah, let's get that redemption arc started in week number one. Uh, very much looking forward to uh, kicking it off with this Fantasy League again this year. Now we're also, all of us, uh, all of us and Mike playing in a uh, head-to-head fantasy league. We're running for the Discord community uh, for those that signed up in it. Uh, I've got Discord user Larry. I'm facing him this week. Trey, you're facing FMFan2014, who I believe I saw in our YouTube chat earlier tonight. Uh, And Adam, you're facing Mike. Yeah, Civil War starts a little early this year, I see. So, uh... I guess the old, uh, the what do you call it, old Jedi there will be trying to beat the Padawan learners. So we'll see if, uh, see how Mike does, I guess, and uh, see if he puts any crazy blue bombers on his roster. Yes, uh, looking forward to looking forward to those matchups as well. Uh, registration for the head to head league is closed in our Discord community, but we will be running, we are running. Uh, you know, leagues for CFL pick them, just straight up CFL fantasy, no head-to-head matchups. The CFL blitz picks on the website, I'm going to get a league set up for that as well. You know, it's prop bets, essentially, uh, for points. Um, so we can get that set up as well. So get into the CFC Discord community if you want access to all of those things. Again, there is a uh, link in the description for it. I know a couple of those, uh, a couple of folks who joined us live here tonight are from the community there. We'll, we'll have game chats every uh, every game of the CFL season as well. We have a discussion thread there, so jump in, chat along with us as you're watching the game there as well if you want to uh, join us in the Discord community. 
uh, for this season. Uh, guys, I think that's pretty much it for this week. So we'll be back again next week. Same time, same place, week two preview. We'll do all the fun, same fun things we did tonight. Uh, so look forward to that. If you would like to follow us on social media, uh, let me pull it up here. You can find us on Twitter over at, C- at CF Countdown Pod. Uh, you can find, uh, let's see, where is this? There we go. And let me switch that over there as well. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod, Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there as well. Check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network on Twitter. I am on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. Uh, if you want to check out uh, anything I've got going on there, not much really. Uh, I'm just excited to CFL season back. I'm excited for CFL fantasy. I don't have time to tweet. I'm running too many different fantasy leagues at once. Uh, Mike was not able to make it tonight because he was celebrating a birthday this week. Uh, shout out to Mike. Happy birthday, buddy. I uh, hope you've had a great week and uh, should be back next week, I believe. Trey, where can people find everything you've got going on? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Trey Harness Link. Always talking horse racing stuff or UFC. I'm at, I've been losing too much money on UFC, so my mission was to rewatch the last five fights of everyone on the main card on Saturday, and I'm through four of the ten fighters, so I got a lot of work to do. But so you know, I'm gonna try to get my homework in on that. I always have my homework done in horse racing. Like I said, check the Discord out. I'm getting it all set up right now to see all our. Uh, probable bet uh pays and uh, we'll see who's the who's the betting champion this year adam what about you man uh where can people find you well you can find me at adam steward one i'll try to have less hydraulic oil all over my face this that next time when i join the uh when i join the uh, uh chat for next week uh yeah it's spring time so lots of stuff going on there's always something to fix there's always something to f- rebuild there's always something to do out in the farm so uh yeah, you can probably catch some of that over on Twitter. Best place, though, for me is probably Instagram, uh, Farmer in Sask. Make sure you check me out over there as well. Uh, and you can check out even more of me getting probably dirty or greasy or oily or something else blowing off all over me. So, yeah, uh, all the fun times. Uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I said that so wrong. Anyways, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, Adam, will you have a different hat for us again next week? Are you going to make your tour around the league uh, once you return this one to the store with the hook still on? No, I'm going to take the hook out of this one. I kind of like this high tie cat hat. So All right. uh, I think I'm going to make a new tradition that wherever the Grey Cup goes, that's what the hat is I'm going to get for that year. So, Ooh. yeah. So last year was uh, – where was the Grey Cup there? In yeah, Regina. Well, I had a few of those, I would think. So, you even let them out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and uh, since Saskatchewan, you know, I kind of have a hat or two of theirs. Uh, I figured, you know what, I'll go get the uh, eventual Grey Cup champions. And I called that one, just so you guys remember. Uh, so, yeah, I got a Toronto hat. Now I got the Hamilton one because they're hosting this year. And I guess next year, you guys will have to pick out a cool-looking BC hat, maybe with a number 12 because he gets back there. Oh, and then we get to give you a bomber hat in 2025. So looking forward to that one. <laughs> I announced my retirement in 2024. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, No, cool idea with the hats. I like it. 
Uh, so yeah, that is where you can find us all on social media and everything we've got going on there. I already mentioned everything about checking out the Discord community. Uh, back next week again with week two preview. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate it if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Very excited for the return of CFL football. Should be a great first week of the season. Everybody enjoy the games this week. We'll be back to preview week number two next week. Take care. Thanks for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.